Well, hello, once again, you have found a Texas Steampunk Connection, broadcasting to you throughout the multiverse, Steamverse, from our various bunkers and airships. With me, as always, is Fax, Gentleman Adventurer. Hello, hello. <laughs> with me is Jack from Steam Chest. Hello. <laughs> and we have with us today, Master Blue Stocking from <laughs> Steampunk Dollhouse Podcast. So once again, we are here to talk oh, probably about Steampunk, most likely. That's what this is about. Thank you for listening to the Texas Steampunk Connection. All right. Hey. Here we are. We're here somewhere. There we are. Ah. Hi, everybody. We're back with Axe and Jack. Oh, Blue dynamic. Not with us tonight. Uh, she uh, she did get back from New Orleans safe and sound. And then all the allergies that she missed for the entire week hit her in one day. And so she's <laughs> having to inhale the leeches to get it out. Uh, so she's she's down with a migraine. It's just the two of us. You and I. We all. Which is kind of, I mean, given the week that we've had, we need a little blue stocking power. Uh. <laughs> oh, well, we'll have it next time. But until then, we'll just have to make do and, and be overly sarcastic. <laughs> of course, what I'm referring to is the uh, oh. events of the uh, Supreme Court uh Overturning Roe versus Wade and taking away our rights to abortion and and general female anatomy healthcare. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned because we might be listening to this a year from now and not remember what the heck I'm talking about. On the upside, we did get a cold front. Oh yeah, 105 degrees down to 93. Yeah, that was pretty nice. You take what you can get. Well, it's funny because when you hit like 95, it's like you know this is hot. 100, you're like, oh, I don't want to be outdoors. And then like 105, you're just like, God, no. And 110 is, I don't ever want to feel this way. But then 114 is, I literally go from the car to the house and not breathe because it literally feels like you're just inhaling a, conve- a, a convection of. Yeah, yeah. It's not the heat, it's the humidity. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I don't live in West Texas with the humidity we have down here. The difference between 55% humidity and 5% humidity really changes the dynamic of everything. For sure. One, you can sweat to death in West Texas and never know you were wet. Here, I don't know if it's sweat or if I'm just condensing more with my air conditioner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I wish Blue Stocking was here because she could tell us how it was in New Orleans where she's just swimming through soup. Uh, New Orleans soup. New Orleans in June is is a challenge. It's like <laughs> cigarette smoke, mist, fog, burps of people wandering by who've been drinking all night, <laughs> and it doesn't go anywhere. It just lurks right there. Oh. So you just wander through a patch up. It's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Uh. Oh, honestly, I've never been there, so I'm just guessing. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we we need to uh we need to, I need yeah we need to go as a group. We do like uh in the fall or something. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Maybe dead winter. Like go ice fishing on, you know, the lake or the river. Wait, what? <laughs> ice what? <laughs> what's what's ice off. you speak of? What are you drinking? I walk on ice. No. See, I was born in Ohio, but I was there for like 10 days. But the 10 days I was there, apparently out the window of my hospital, they were ice fishing off of on Lake Erie. So, so like you could see ice fishing through the window or yeah. they were ice fishing through the window. 
No, they were ice fishing out the window, not like through the window, but like out there on the ocean. Okay, uh, on the lake. Okay. Not like, fishing. yeah, no, no, not like there's <laughs> holes in the prenatal unit where they can put a fishing pole out out the window. No. Hey, it's slow day. <laughs> what else you What else are you gonna do? You know, sit there, feed the babies, nice fish. Sounds like the mo that's like the most Ohioan thing I've ever heard. Actually, outside of trying to leave by any means necessary by getting shot into space if you have to. Here, baby, clean mm. this fish. <laughs> One of the weirdly surprising statistics is a lot of pilots. Uh, for NASA, all come from Ohio. So there's something about wanting to leave the Earth is definitely something Ohio wants to do. Huh. Yeah. It's who you know. I mean, yeah, apparently, it really <laughs> probably is. This is true. Uh, one of those weird statistics you get from, like, reading popular side magazines for, like, the first 20 years of your life. Before, you know, you just basically just stop reading those and you just switch over to Internet. Now you have to, like, almost wish I got them still because then I wouldn't have to worry about getting misinformation half the time or if it was at least it's written down i can like go boo somebody about it you're wrong oh rita says no it really is the heat and <laughs> she's not wrong no i mean it, it can be humid and cold and it just feels like colorado but humid and hot you're just in a soup of boiling you know just hang out your hang out your chicken out there and just fall right off the bone you're always looking at the bright side i got you got to use what you're given got to use what you're given uh <sighs> I see you're having a drink of something. Oh, yeah. No, no. This stuff's great. So I have this wonderful thermal cup that, like, keeps ice cold for, like, six hours. And then so what I do is I pour one of these in it, and it's fantastic. It's the Black Cherry Water. Yeah. From the local H-E-B. The Heb. Now, there's a lot of different flavors. This one's this one's not bad. I'm going to say for, for, for cherry flavor is not bad, uh, especially dark cherry. But... Their better ones are the unsweetened lemon and lime, which, oddly enough, I'm usually a lime person, but I like the lemon. It has a, it really does taste like someone just squeezed lemon in tonic water or in a soda water. It's very fresh, very fresh. Now, they have sweetened versions, which have different chemicals for sweetening, however you want to take that. Um, I like it without them, and I'm very happy with that, so I, I do that. And they're cheap. They're exceedingly cheap. And they feel delicious. And uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> seemed like that scene out of Mash. They ran out of water. Sitting there, one guy washing his hair in his uh, seltzer water he got imported from his mother. <laughs> oh, good old mom. <laughs> but uh, no, I, uh, I I highly recommend those if you have an HEB nearby. They're very they're very light and frothy. Sometimes it's just too hot to drink. That's I just need something light. And I'm like, well, either I go get my lime beer that everyone makes fun of me for, or I'm just going <laughs> to move into something else and say I'm just drinking a seltzer today without alcohol-free seltzer. I know. Then, that's that's kind of weird now, right? Yeah. If, if it's a seltzer, it's alcoholic seltzer, which I find so far all awful. I'm a big fan. I, I don't mind them. It's just the problem is unless they're exceedingly cold, the alcohol, when you sip it in, it still feels hot, which is weird. It's like hot and bubbly, even if it's cold. Like, I don't usually get that with soda water. So it's like the alcohol content of it is it messes with mm. that a little. So mm. I would rather, I, I'd rather try something else. I'd rather pour vodka in something else and work out just as fine. Like orange juice. As you like. Okay. Yeah. I, like I don't do that right now. Orange juice, right now I'm drinking something completely alcoholic free. That's <laughs> it okay. It's showing. 
I have an alcohol-free uh, uh, drink my my own self tonight. Whoa! I know, right? Both of us. <laughs> but at least I, I got something interesting. Uh, I am drinking. Are you familiar with uh, Agua Fresca? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I figure most people in Texas are, but if you're not, uh, Agua Fresca is is the sort of fruit juice slash Kool Aidy stuff that that you see that you see sold in the Mexican markets in this big plastic jug. They got yeah, and it looks food. fantastic. It, most people think it's like an off-brand Tang or something, right? But it's it's not. It's 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 its own thing. I do they are they always like pre-made some brand or do they make them themselves? I don't know. I don't I, know either, but I just know that you're like, so I've been to El Paso a lot. And so going into, you know, Mexican side, well, in this case, I guess going into a supermarket over there is a lot different than going to the Mexican aisle here because right. half the refer half the place is just, you know, it's just items. They're all thrown together. Um, but I'll admit that a lot of the, uh, the overseas or over the border stuff looks really nice and really like pops. And so a lot of their drinks, especially like the Coca-Cola in the glass bottle. Is, oh, yeah, yeah. Like I'll even pour Coca-Cola in a glass bottle. Just have it because it <laughs> tastes better out of the glass bottle. Uh, so uh, there are a number of flavors of Agua Fresca. Mm -hmm. You know, you can find your pineapple, your your melon, mm -hmm. your, uh, well, what I'm having is horchata. Ooh. Which Ooh. you can see is sort of this milky color. Cloudy, milky looking stuff. Um, stuff it is not milk it is rice, rice milk yes. which i assume is like the milk water. It really carefully <laughs> the water left over from after making rice i, I think i mean no it's not that right no. i don't know how to make horchata i just drink it a lot i don't Let's know it's it's a rice based milk thing with cinnamon and sugar in it and it's delicious yeah but it, like you, you like cook the rice and you drain it or like specifically, or and that's the okay. Remaining liquid is then flavored. Okay, so yeah, obviously you discard the rice and cinnamon afterwards. Way too much liquid. So yeah, rice porridge with way too much liquid, which sounds like you should just strain the rice, eat the porridge, especially if you're putting cinnamon in it already. And I don't know what rice porridge is either. It's, obviously, don't cook. Have you ever had oatmeal? Sure, it's that except with rice. It's it's rice cooked with twice as much water. Now it's very big in in, in Asian cultures too, uh, mm. actually, and it's it's very soupy rice. And so okay. what they'll do is, you know, those I can't remember the name of them, but that little tiny square of like fermented tofu that has like a billion flavor molecules or something in it that is like either people really like it or really hate it because it is fermented tofu. And the reason that it comes in like something the size of a a seasoning square, and is because it has enough flavor to give you like an entire like pho bowl of flavor with that flavor, and uh, so they mix that in. But yeah, no, it's okay. Rice with double water is a soup. Okay, so, so assuming that's what they Mexican do for this, except thing. the Mexicans are just like, let's just make it a drink and cold. I see nothing wrong with that. I, you know, I love it. it's delicious. Mentally, I would probably have a problem with it with like the concept, but since I've had it before, knowing what it was, I'm like, oh, this is the effect. Like having it pouring a hot. The pour, pouring the, the the murky water off my rice into a glass, putting it in the refrigerator with the attempt of to drink it sounds really weird. But having it going, oh no, this is this is what this is. After I've had it going, this is fantastic. How'd you make it? Rice tea? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just rice tea. You steep the rice, 
in twice as much water. Eat the right, eat the tea bag because why waste it? <laughs> that's the way to look at it. <laughs> and uh, then you have your tea, you have your your rice porridge with with a side of hot hot horchata. And uh, I, I think you want to put ice in the in the in the horchata. I did. I mean, yes, I yes. never had it warm. <laughs> it's what they call it. It's called rice water when it's warm. <laughs> See, PR teams really help. <laughs> All right, that that sounds delicious. I will admit this probably tastes better than going to QT, the local like nice gas station that's got really good drinks, by the way. But they have an horchata machine, which I've rather been enjoying. But I'm pretty sure it's powdered stuff and a little slushy spinner thing. But that's how I got it. Like I've yeah. got. The brand is class. Oh, and it's just you know at at the the uh, Latino grocery store near my house. Hmm. And I think it's pretty common. Uh, you brand. just yeah, they probably freeze dried it and so it's some powder. Okay, I'll have to pick me up some of that because that sounds really good. <laughs> Sitting here looking over at my other screen, and people have like put like it's, it's like a glass, it's full of ice, and then they have like cinnamon stick sticking out of the top of it with like a little tiny bit of whipped cream on top and i'm just like why are you trying to make this look like coffee i mean it's really good yeah that's fancy and then you can even stick like a pineapple chunk on it like at that point in time it's you're you're going you're going deeply towards the uh the pina colada side of things (laughs) erica says that's bougie that's bougie (laughs) bougie or chata why don't we just Pour it on top of cake and call it tres leches or something. I guess that wouldn't work. That's actually three different. It's rice. You milk. have to rename it to four milk. <laughs> three three milks and an imposter cake. <laughs> sus. It's a sus cake. <laughs> oh, I don't know what do you call a pasta in Among Us? An impasta. Okay. There's the there's the eight to almost nine year old joke right there. <laughs> oh ye. What do you call a fish with no eyes? so actually that's kind of a steampunk thing we watched the other day was the uh the new um the new ghostbusters uh the one where it's all the kids and it's really good if you have not seen that that is that that was what i feel like the next ghostbusters should have been the one that came out uh just a, a few years ago yeah yeah not the one with the the full girl team which is right. fun in its own right but uh the one with like it's 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 the finishing up of the story of the old guard and bringing in the new characters and they really picked the right girl to play egon's uh, granddaughter she is she's per- like you couldn't get it any better and it has mike from stranger things playing her bigger brother who's which makes more sense why he acts the way he does in the last se- the, la- the latest season of uh, Stranger Things because he plays kind of this preppy kid that's like being a teenager and saying no a lot and being all kind of whiny <laughs> and like after watching this I'm like oh it's because he just got off of this show or this movie and went right back into Stranger Things and had to train himself out of that and yeah. uh, but the show is like the movie's really good I really like the whole it's it's the fallback Zool's, you know, breaking back again. It's the whole kind of, it's the continuation of the original, the original storyline from the original movie. And, uh, with the nice baton pass to the next generation, I felt like it was finally like of the shows that have pulled that off. This one pulls it off. Right. And, uh, I'm, I'm very happy with it. It was exceedingly fun to watch. Cool. Afterlife is what you're talking about. Yes. And Paul Rudd's just perfect. at just, just, it's like you added a little, uh, like a like just 
just enough sprinkle of Paul Rudd to be to just keep going. Anytime you're like, oh, it's starting to get a little boring, the Paul Rudd comes in and just bees Paul Rudd, and it's all good to go again. And uh, like every character had its moment, and uh, ha- and it felt like it was well done without being too like it didn't feel like it was written too esoterically. So there was enough surprise and, and whatnot, and every character had to carry it. So it worked out well. Cool. So go see it, it's Steampunky. And there's proton packs, and they really like that noise. And they got all four Ghostbuster, all yep. four actors back too. Well, I mean, obviously the ones that are alive. Egon's not alive, but they oh, used yes, his that's likeness. Right. That's right. Yeah, but they did a good yeah, job using his likeness. I know for the longest time, Bill Murray said, "I'm, I'm not going to do another one of those." Yeah, so and I think what it was is he, fi- someone finally came up with the right script, and he's like, "All right, this one will close it. And I'm done." You know, this this one will close it out, and it's actually appropriate. So, uh, very cool, very cool. So well, let's see what else has been going on. Uh, <laughs> it's been I mean, hot. Lots of current events. They're all awful. Uh, actually, well, there's steam- been a, a lot of steampunk uh, meetups happening, like an ins- a stupid amount all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't keep up with. All of them, like all over the states, there's just like all these little meetings, and there's a lot of ones getting planned. It just it seems to be a lot of prepping going on, or people just having meetups, and not actually like big events. But um, okay, I'm I'm been noticing that there's definitely an uptick in that, but not a whole lot of news because I always hear about it after the fact, <laughs> and which tells me it's more local that they're trying to reach out. They're not planning it too far ahead. It's just kind of like, hey, we're just do something this summer. Let's do something next month. I, and uh, one of my challenges. Uh, personally is to just like scour the uh the local groups across texas and try to find out if they're having local events mm-hmm. try to get them all in one big calendar we don't have I, okay so lead in with this a little bit as we both know um there has been some talk on our web page on our, on our facebook page and well, it got a little page, but oh. our, our page like reposted to uh, there's a, a group called Texas Steampunks, yeah. which is not associated with us. No, but um, yeah, there was an event, and I reposted it up there, and uh, there was some talk about it. Yeah, you can go read about it in our comments. Uh, it got a little out of hand, and um, but they did kind of bring up a problem that Texas Steampunks do have, and it's I don't know if it's really a problem. Some people would say it's a problem. Some people are also like, well, I wasn't going to drive you know, halfway across Texas to go there anyway. And I wanted to do something in that time period. So it just kind of comes down to being more community communicative of plans that are happening and maybe finding a more centralized location to strap all of our plans to one big place somewhere or a couple where it's easy to go and see, Hey, I'm free in two weeks. Is there anything in Texas doing anything I want to go do that's steampunk related and having a, at least some accuracy of being able to go there and say, look, these are the events. And I know it's a big attempt that everyone's been doing. You know, Texas is big. We're like six fifths the size of freaking Germany. We are huge. Yeah. Um, we're, we're some of, we're a fairly decent sized country in Africa. Um, I saw there's a, there was a Reddit picture running around today about that. Like just disproportionates and showing actually people's sizes of things like China is right. not much bigger than the United States. It just looks that way on the map. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> uh, we are big. And that's why, um, so one of the, one of the discussions 
was how much of a problem it is for two events to happen closely to each other uh, on the calendar. Yes. Like two weeks back to back or something. And that's just, I feel like that's just going to happen. It's a big state and things are happening in El Paso and Dallas and Houston and San Antonio, independent of each other. And sometimes they're just going to get close to each other. They're going to overlap sometimes. You just have to pick the one you want to go to. Yeah. I mean, like Um, if you have like, if you have like steampunk November, pretty much everyone knows that has been to steampunk November prior knows that steampunk November happens second weekend of, of November. It's big. It's even in the name, but you have steampunk November and then you have a, a couple spring cons. You have a couple of July cons. I know July uh, this is not Texas, but they're, it might as well be, you know, you have alien con out there in New Mexico, but and being a West Texas guy, I think New Mexico is part of Texas half the time anyway, because it's not that, you know, if I'm going to go somewhere, it's four and a half hours to go there anyway. So going <laughs> into New Mexico is not a big deal. <laughs> here it is. Uh, here I'm as almost a plane ticket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Eight hours just oh. to leave the thing. But, but I, I do get the issues of having, oh, I want to go to all the events and I can't because they're back to back or in the same weekend. But I think that comes down to they're weed themselves out to a degree, right? Uh, I guess. I mean, um, I, I think there's plenty to go around. Yeah. Um, you just mentioned that there's a lot of little local groups that are having socials and meetups, and mm-hmm. th- they're not worried about them overlapping a con halfway across the state. I don't think. I don't think uh, uh, big fandom cons are necessarily. Th- they're not high priority steampunk events not anymore. That's so every, I almost always kind of halfway shunned anyway. Yeah, I don't think that we need to worry about whether our our event is going to get too close to, you know, a con in another city, uh, which is one of the arguments made. Uh, Of course, Austin's always had a hard time continuing any type of steampunk con base. So we always have to travel anyway, it seems like. It's really expensive to to rent space here. Yeah. Um, And that's one major thing holding us back. Yeah. That's okay. I mean... We live in Texas. We should be expected to understand we're going to have to drive to get to Dallas or, or to Houston. Uh, With these gas prices. Yeah, that that is rough. And, and the, the whole scheduling thing, I think, uh, it, it seemed like the argument online was like, you know, you have all year to schedule these things and you're right on top of each other. Well, that's not true. You don't have all year because May through August is out. Or at least June through August, because it's too hot. Yeah, or it nobody's should be. gonna leave leave home. Uh, you know, once once it's it's in the high nineties, nobody's going to leave, no matter how cool your event is going to be. Unless there's an iceberg being hauled in for it. <laughs> um, similarly, um, you're really pushing it in November. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've already got Steampunk November then, but we've also got Thanksgiving that you're competing with in October, and, and then October as well. October, Halloween, so it, it gets really cramped out there. And December is shot because yeah. everybody is is getting ready for for uh, Christmas and New Year's. Um, all the Christmas events are happening, uh, so there, there's no room for anything else there. January is straight open though. I feel like in January everybody's just exhausted from the okay. holiday. No, I feel it. My birthday's in January, and it's usually kind of an afterthought for everybody. Like, Another thing, and even for me, I'm just like I don't really want to do anything. <laughs> I mean, you're right; it is open. Um, Give me a bottle of booze, and leave me over the weekend. But really, you know, February, March, April, 
are good are are the best. That's that's the steampunk season, and then September October, that's it. Yeah, well, that's what five months. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so do you have five major? You can only have five major events then, if that's what you want to look at. Because they're gonna they're gonna be too close to each other. Yeah, so you can't have them back to back. That's not that's not allowed. If you five to five once a month for big cons, I can see working. But you got to figure out which big cons, where they're going to be, and honestly, having like a con in Lubbock, Texas, and having a con in San Antonio, to me, you're not competing. You're maybe competing for twenty percent of the. There's not a whole lot of people who are going to be going back and forth there. Um, yeah, you're going to have people who want to go to OniCon over on the coast of Texas, which is an eleven-hour <laughs> drive for people who lived in you know Midland, Texas. So that's that's dedication. You've already planned to go to that. You're not looking at going to other conventions nearby at that point. Right. So I think it really comes down to the quality of your convention and the, the amenities, the space. And that's one reason like Steampunk November does so well. It just dominates February or November. No one ever thinks about November being for anything other than that, really, for Steampunk. There was no, there was, that's not true. There was a Steampunk. Uh, there was a convention. It was a smaller convention, but it happened usually tried to beginning of, beginning of February, but it was over way, way east Texas, I think. And I know some people have complained about that being you don't do anything in Feb. You don't do anything in November because Steampunk November exists. And I'm like, I get it, but some people aren't going to be driving that far. And depending on even your convention, because sometimes your convention may just have heavy Steampunk elements, but may actually be towards something else. And I don't know. I think it depends on the the type of doing too, because a fandom convention, it's whatever. It's not really a steampunk thing at that point. Now there are certain fandom conventions like Infinicon that do very well for steampunks because we are a good, I'll say, fifth of their group in a lot of ways. Um, We we always had a great contingent there. Um, There's a couple of them where we have a pocket. They give us a room. They dedicate us a room. And we hole out in that room, but uh, and but it's never been huge. We don't really have we ha- we have our Wild Wild West Con, which is our November our November uh, convention, and it's solely for steampunk. You mean you mean steampunk November? Yeah, because Wild Wild West Con is in. Yeah, I'm using that as a that was a big one that would have been for like that was the one convention that I I noticed that overlapped a lot of the West Coast. A lot of people from West Coast came into it, and a lot of people from Central Tech, you know, Central United States went to it. Mm-hmm. So I met a lot of people I've never met before or I've met again because of that. It was one of the only major overlapping conventions I've been to. I've never been to Dragon Con. I've always wanted to go to Dragon Con, but now everything's getting freaking huge. And I've been to the, uh, the ones in Dallas, and I'll just admit that it gives me anxiety to be in there, and that's not normally something I have a problem with. When it also takes you three and a half hours to walk through the con, and you can't get into any con- you know, panel rooms, and basically you're just wandering around a sales floor. Just like, what's the point? Uh, and it, I hate when conventions get too big like that because there's nothing to do, which sounds stupid. Because there's so many things to do, it's just it's not big enough for everyone to enjoy it. That we- I, I feel like I get overwhelmed with cons that big with that many people, and they certainly do remind me of how old I am. Because your know, typical gaming uh, uh, fandom cons are, are filled with young people. Yeah. That's what they're for. They're not for me anymore. <laughs> well, I'm a weird old guy now. I don't like this. 
<sighs> so you might as well just be Obi-Wan Kenobi wandering through there going, yeah, it's me. I'm the old gun here. <laughs> um, but there's, I mean, you're, you're going through all of these uh, caveats and uh, exceptions, and there really isn't any hard and fast rule for when you're going to, when's the best time to schedule your particular event? When is it not going to step on somebody's toes? You don't know. You can do all the homework you want. Uh, look for all the other events that you can find, and you're going to miss something that somebody thinks is important. Yep. And that's just that's the way of it. That- now, I could definitely, definitely, you know, as a, as a as a person who's planned these things prior, you sit down and you kind of work your way down the list of which of the big conventions happening. And usually you can type that in and it'll pop up because they're usually their advertising is big enough. And you're like, all right, well, I obviously don't want to be stuck doing something in November right around the same time as steampunk November. If I'm doing a steampunk thing in the Dallas area. Now, if I'm doing it in like San Antonio, I, you're, you're, you are going to lose some people to it, but you're not stealing. I don't think the people who plan on going to steampunk November. So or if their plans changed, then they're doing something more local. And I think really kind of just accepting that depending on how you want your convention to grow, you will, as you get bigger, if you are a very successful convention, will start. Be- it's like it's like a bubble. The bigger your bubble, you're going to start bumping into bigger bubbles and the little ones are going to roll off of you until then you're going to be. And if you're a little bubble, you're going to fall in the crevices around the big bubbles. And it depends on <laughs> what you're fighting for at this point. And so I think right. as the long as get the more of a gravitational pull. Yeah, you have. Uh, but people uh, will know not to schedule on that on those weeks because they know that they're not going to be able to have that kind of, you know, the commitments of those people. Go. Right. I guess okay. it just really comes down to for the small stuff, though, is. is having some sort of communication. Sure. Sure. I mean, the the bottom line is that communication is, is great and important and we need to have more of it. I agree. But I also think in the end, you've got to, you know, pick a date and somebody's going to be mad about about it and too bad for them. Yeah. It it comes down to there's 365 days in a year. We're talking about five months. So that's what like, 30 days times five gigs on that's 150 days and of course yeah, only the weekends weekends. The, weekends. Only the weekends so then you're gonna take let's just take a fifth of that 20, there's like 20, 30, 30 days 30 days and i can guarantee you there's more than 30 events for steampunk happening in texas in a year yeah or in those five months so just do it have fun and yeah totally yeah just and don't do be it. that guy online who's gonna bitch and moan about it don't, don't be that guy. If you're going to be that guy, go get a website, set it up, spend all of your life building up, <laughs> trying to get everyone to go to it because Lord knows I've tried. <laughs> We've just discovered a very rare bit of audio from former Prime Minister Winston Churchill. Let's have a listen. I, Winston Churchill, wholeheartedly believe that the Clockwork Cabaret is the finest example of steampunk radio programming. Never before have I heard anything quite so marvelous, and I doubt I shall ever hear anything like it again. Calpurnia, continue on your journey, broadcasting your marvelous music, and sail on to glory! If you would like to find out more about this program, Please check out clockworkcabaret.com or clockworkcabaret.podbean.com or follow us on Twitter at clockworkcabaret. That's C-L-O-C-K-W-R-K-Cabaret. So, uh, 
since we're talking about events, what events do you know about coming up? Uh, we just um, talked about how June, July, August are dead. Uh, is there anything we can uh, pick out and think about going to? I have a few. I can. Go for it, because I honestly have not looked forward on that. Um, feel bad. Well, if if you want to, if you're in Central Texas this weekend, uh, Victoria's Black Swan Inn has a haunted home tour Oof. in San Antonio. They have events all the time. Uh, yeah, San Antonio seems to be popping. Victoria's Black Swan Inn, particularly, is there, I'm told, because I've not been there yet, a really cool place to just look around and hang out and get pictures taken of yourself. But uh, they do a lot of like haunted home tours and uh, um, that that sort of spooky stuff, even though it's not October yet. But so they've they've got stuff going. Um, Also, this Saturday, uh, Fredericksburg Balloon Festival is happening. Oh, and right. you know, take your harpoon gun. Let's go. <laughs> given that the that the temperature is dropping and will be almost bearable, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. So that's that's a thing. Those are two things happening just this weekend. Um, next month, Comic Palooza is happening on the fifteenth through seventeenth. That's nice. in Houston. That's that's one of those conventions that's becoming way too big. Is it North Houston or South Houston? <laughs> Downtown. So East Houston, uh, George R. Brown Convention Center. I I don't know Houston that well. Me neither. I just know it's got like four sides, and they're all an hour and a half from me. Yeah. Uh, the Te- Texas Haunters Convention is happening at the same time, so we're not the only ones that have problems with events bumping up and against other events. It's in Mesquite, Texas. I don't know where Mesquite, uh, Texas haunted is. houses, or like building a haunted house in your garage, or uh, any of that sort of thing. So if you're building a haunted house in your garage, you got to make sure you stake the right guy to haunt your house because you're building a house that's not pre-haunted. You got to get, get, get a mover in. You got to get good, you know, good rates. The stakes have never been so high. Oh. Um, and uh, in Dallas, Fort Worth, or in, in Fort Worth, there's a steampunk industrial lamp building class uh, happening at like some library. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. It's like pipe works for us. <laughs> uh, they bring they bring all the equipment, supplies, and everything that you need. <clears throat> uh, you just uh, you got to buy tickets in advance. They're like a hundred bucks. It makes but sense because you you're buying brass, right? You go home with a, la- a new lamp that you built yep. yourself. So that, that was pretty cool. It is. Uh, let's see. Um, Delta H Con is happening in August, which is uh, again Houston, and then San Japan in San Antonio is happening. Uh, First week in September. That's right, San Japan. Now, most of those aren't steampunk events. Obviously, they're just the the big, yep, fandom events that have mega amounts out of space. Yeah. And since they're generally indoors, I guess the uh, air conditioning uh, is definitely a perk. <laughs> well, with that many bodies, sometimes you hope it is. <laughs> but not a lot. Not a lot of, of steampunk specific uh, over the summer. Which is all I expected. Yeah, I mean, it's we're, we're kind of like goth. You don't really want to stick it out in the sun too much. Yeah. Or yeah. Re-enact- I know reenactors do it, but they, they also melt. There's a funny picture. It's been so hot for reenactments that's been going on that they are leaving reenactment clothes in the spots where guys have died so that <laughs> actors can go inside. And so there's these piles of clothes and guns, and it looks like you know a bunch of like Jedis have just died on this field. It's like there's no bodies at all. Clothes. <laughs> They've been taken up. 
It's like that or bed knobs and broomsticks, you know, just kind of magic clothes, just you know, taking bullets and falling over. I don't think anybody remembers that movie anymore. It's just such a great movie. It really is. Oh. I watched it a couple of years ago. I'm like, wow, this is just, just as good as I remember. And, every, and for years afterwards, I'm sitting there singing Portobello Road. This is like the best song ever. <laughs> so, yeah, no, take it from us. Go watch that movie. It's got it's a little eh, I mean, a little kitschy, but it's fun. Yeah, it's. I don't want to say it's a product of product of its time because that implies that it's not good anymore. But it is kind of. I mean, it's very specific. Old school Disney. It's old school Disney placed in the middle of World War II about a witch. <laughs> Disney doesn't do that anymore. And it's not even really a witch. She's she 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 went like mail order witchcraft. <laughs> like the whole thing is it just screams like you said the product of its times, but just supernatural. He has cookie. Cookie, cookie. Oh, and I've got a, I've got something else. Um, since we're talking about events. Okay. Um, and not making events because there's been a pandemic or it's been too hot or you just didn't want to go out. I found a YouTube channel that's just like recordings from Wild Wild West content. Oh. All the panels, all the ceremonies. It's like you're there. But huh have to get off your your bum to do it you can sit your steampunk trousers <laughs> um there's a youtube channel called the uh, creative play and podcast network llc huh. so literally they were hired to go in there and just record everything i i guess or they I, just cool. did it um it looks Where like some it? panels are just audio uh because you know what's there to see yep but others are our video and uh they've got some some gaming videos with visual aids it's all right there if you hmm. wished you'd have gone to wild wild west con you kind of still can <gasps> be there in spirit specifically anchored to one spot in the room i just uh, post there well i did a little bit of uh a little bit of homework myself oh good i uh because it's been so hot you want to stay inside right so why not a little bit of computer gaming apparently there's actually a couple of games coming out that are very steampunk in 2022. Share my screen. Where's those buttons? Buttons. Or I never had them. Uh, wait, there. Share the screen. Yes. Uh, no, not that one. That one. All right. So for those of you who obviously can't see the screen, this is best steampunk games of 2022. Whoa. And it starts off with, uh, let's see. Yeah, it's, we've created the ultimate list of all the best steampunk games in existence. If you're a steampunk gamer, you need to play these next. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's some of these that have already come out, like Dishonored. That one's been out a while. And it's, uh, let's see, the theme also extends to characters and appearance. Okay, yeah, basically, it's a, um, I haven't actually played this one, because it's kind of a, I'll admit, this Dishonored to me doesn't really feel steampunk. It's kind of got more of a, it, it's got that dystopian society feel to it, which with some steampunk themes in mind, um, world building, I think you're a character running around trying to solve a crime and uh, it's supposedly in Victorian era button down coats and similar attire. So it's steampunk in the fact it's probably in the past. Um, <laughs> okay. You, you know what I mean? They, they kind of like, Oh, but then there's this really cool machination thing. But uh, then there's Bioshock. Everyone has probably ever heard of Bioshock. If you're even kind of in a computer game thing, it's pretty good. I like Bioshock. Never played it. I've watched it played. Uh, it has, some wonderful, some of the best depictions of steampunk themes that uh, marries with into gritty machinery and grandiose architecture and creepy underwater settings. 
And yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the dungeon dressing is really nice. Yes. It really comes together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what Fist is. This is the first time I'm seeing this. And it's a it's forged in the shadow torch. One of the more recent releases is a side-scrolling platformer with eye-catching aesthetic developer calling for diesel punk. And it looks like your main character might be a rabbit that's wearing a, a like powered suit. Which I'm like, okay, that sounds fun. Um, I don't know about this great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Apparently it's a detective game. And there's a whole bunch of these. And this one just happens to be set in the aesthetic of like the 1800s. And so some of the courtrooms you're in feel old, which every courtroom I've ever been in feels old. Uh, either it feels like it was built in the 60s or it feels like it was built in the 1860s. So I'm like, what are you shooting for here, guys? Jack, um, have you been in a lot of courtrooms? I have been in a lot of courtrooms, but not for the reasons you think. My parents were lawyers. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Not, not my, convi- my convictions, but just I've, I've been around that. This one sounds really cool. It's called uh, Black Skylands. It is a top-down 2D game that casts you as the captain of an, a skyship traveling through a steampunk-inspired open world uh, comprised of floating islands high up in the clouds. And it's, it's essentially a little pirate game. You're running around. You're, um, you're battling with pirates and monsters to claim new territories. And as you gain your territories, you have more resources to upgrade yourself. Uh, looks really fun. Uh, it's a fairly small group of people who are making it it's on your windows playstation xbox nintendo and switch so it's it's still a triple a game but it was a fairly small group of people who were working on project grove it's a puzzle game so steampunk has this weird thing of we don't know how to deal make a game with it but we can make a puzzle game and then just dress it up to look steampunk so if you're really into into puzzle games uh project grove is when you say puzzle games you're like like little matchy games or like your character has to go around and solve puzzles. Uh, literally, you run around uh, mist style and solve puzzles. Okay. And so, right. which is which is cool if you're into that kind of shenanigans of being lost on in vagary and wandering around in wonderful landscapes with right half and, the half the thing about mist that was cool was that you just looked looked around and saw the cool stuff that they made. Yeah, and you randomly clicked it all on everything, thinking it would move. Until you found you something that moved, stuck. Yeah, and then you'd wander around, going, "What did I change on the island?" <laughs> everything else, so you had to have like an eidetic memory for it to. Work. But, okay. Uh, gotcha. So that's that's another one. It looks really pretty. Um, another steampunk inspired inspired indie game called Flash Omen or Flask Omen. Yeah, Flask. You've Omen. got my attention. Tell me more about Flask Omen. Flask Omen. Well. It is a 2D puzzle platformer, which means it plays a little bit like um, a sideways scroller game, like Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario Brothers, and uh, gives you that thinking, feeling, mechanical test subject field called Flask 157. And so you go through a series of experimental platforming challenges in an underground lab designed to test your intellect. Hmm. So it's going to tell us if we're smart. Wait, this isn't a drinking game? Uh, I mean, you could turn it into a drinking game for a higher level experience. But yeah, it's it's a steampunk Mario game and uh, mixed in probably with, ah, yes, a little bit of uh, aperture science feel to it. So okay. we're going to do science for science sake, no matter the cost. Ooh. And oh, this one looks fun. If you like building cities, like uh, SimCity kind of stuff, 
Dream Engines Nomad Cities is a survival cities builder that takes place in the post-apocalyptic world defined as dark steampunk. In it, you're tasked with building flying cities gathered by materials throughout the world and using them to create an assorted sets of machines of different functions. Cities will frequently get invaded by dream plagues, nightmarish creatures. They're all drawn to the power generated by your city's machinery. So it's like Factorio and the fact that each building you build on there creates something that's necessary for another piece in the project. So it's a conveyor belt game where you go out of the world, gather resources and fight things. You bring those resources back and you build another piece of machinery that builds into your machination that brings in more materials so you can keep expanding and expanding and upgrading. Fairly cool looking. Uh, the graphics are fantastic. And uh, if you're a factorial player or a satisfactory player, this is a steampunk version. Oh, and it looks like it also has got a little bit of a tower defense vibe to it, too. Yeah, it looks like ticks. Oh, yeah. this one. Like TD6 meets uh, like, StarCraft. Like TD6 meets uh, steampunk. But it looks like you could lift your city into the sky to keep your and evacuate. Oh, that's cool. So then you move to the next world. Oh. Huh. So you can find out stuff is there. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. That, that looks cool. Yeah. Uh, another one is called Vulcanoids. Which the name like that, you can't go wrong. It's about volcanoes and digging underground. Diggy diggy and, hole. Yeah, basically there's this big machine. I know this one. I've been watching this one for a while. So you got your drill here. This is like your steampunk drill uh, uh, engine. And you attach it like a train. So you get more attachments that go back like train cars. that give you more abilities to do different refining. And um, like upgrade your tools and fight other beasts and whatnot. And drill underground with it and apparently you're having to go through a volcano and f you get to fight things off that are attacking your train while you're oh, building on stuff and uh didn't yes. elon musk make one of these <laughs> a boring company yeah <laughs> this would be more of a yeah this is kind of the boring company of done by uh, elon musk slash uh what's his name uh, the, the tony stark but done in steampunk in the middle of nowhere but look at that that's cool and you got like turrets and such on it, so you get to have to like drive it around and defend yourself while you're upgrading it, drilling and doing cool things, and going on missions. So I've been been paying attention to this one because it looks fun. I think you can play it up to like four people co-op, so you got a um, a bit of a, a team a team fight and ability. So if your friends fail you, you can blame them. <laughs> oh, one of those games that ends friendships. Yeah, yeah. Then there's Frostpunk, which I've talked about previously. It's another city builder uh, done in the fact that the Earth is losing all all heat. And so therefore, you're like in one of the last cities on the planet um, and you have to build it up. And every decision you make uh, affects your populace, including like if your populace have issues like uprisings and whatnot, you have to decide what to do with the uprising people because they're taking up resources if they're thrown into the gulag. So you. You can use them for forced labor. It makes you make hard decisions for the sake of the be like betterment of people and survival and yes, yes, yeah, slavery for the betterment of survival. Yeah, so there's there's some hard decisions to make. Uh, I know you can kick people out if they are troublemakers, so they'll you know have to get marooned, and you have to send people out on expeditions to uh, broken other cities that have failed to see if you can gather lost technology and bring it back. So, and there's like a gamble on that. They may not come back. So you don't want to send characters that you, that are like, you want to send characters that are useful, but you don't also don't want to lose them either if they're useful. So there's a lot of balancing act in that game. Hmm. And, uh, 
I've, I've, it's been on my list for a long time. I probably it's kind of depressing. It, it, it is. Um, yeah, to ensure your people survive, you have to manage dwindling resources while earning your citizens' trust and harnessing a myriad of retro-futuristic tech inspired by the steampunk genre. That's right. If you piss off your people, they'll overthrow you and you lose too. <laughs> so you gotta be very careful. You can't. Yeah, you're not in complete control, so you can't. You can't go complete uh, Stalin on on them either. But uh, yeah, there are also random in-game events that require you to make tough decisions that will impact your villagers' quality of life and overall morale, both negatively and positively. Now, this is a fun one. Uh, I've played the original. It was actually one of the first videos I did for uh, my YouTube channel, uh, Mr. Gaming. And it looks like they're making a uh, SteamWorld Dig 2. And it's it's a Dig Dug thing, but with the whole it's idea that... A side-scroller. It's a side-scroller, like which you dig dirt. Yep. And you're looking for a guy. You're looking for this this robot with a cool hat. Coincidentally, it looks a lot like my hat. And you're... Oh, you know, it's cool. Yeah, exactly. It's my hat. It's always, yep. always a cool hat. So it looks beautiful. It looks like it's probably a continuation of the original design. Uh, it looks like it's already a little more complicated with the more machinations and more trading and whatnot and more upgrades. But um, And people think, oh, ooh, that's cool. Anyway. The art is pretty compelling. The art is very compelling. It is a very beautiful game. And there's a... Oh. I whooped and hollered like a... Whoa. Shoot stuff. Shoot stuff. Move things. things around. Drag things. So yeah. cool. it's if you like more traditional games, I'm I definitely think this is a good a good way to start because it allows it's it's as complicated as you want it to be and is it makes you feel good too. It's got a good ending. Or at least the last one did. So <laughs> Okay. Speaking of depressing games, this is definitely one I wanted to hit on the list before we get done because I know we're about almost at uh, time. But Sunless Sea. It isn't clear if it isn't clear already. Doom and gloom are pretty common in the steampunk themed of games, especially ones as brutal as Sunless Sea. This is a roguelike RPG for survival, so you're able to go anywhere, do anything you want, uh, which allows you to do a lot of uh, exploring. And so, as you travel or as you traverse the sunken ruins of a Victoria era London in search of food, resources, and survivors to join your crew, um, it has been rated one of the best Lovecraftian games. Uh, ever made the 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 storyline is so well written the verbiage in it the the narration is great you run around and there's this like here like you know we have entered the sea of statues giants gape at us king geter's castle rises ahead where fools give up their future and it's full of this this is oh, it, yeah. the world is so deep so this and game i don't know if if you were aware this game came from uh, people who were previously writing a game called Fallen London. Yes, which was free to play. It was not graphics heavy. It was more uh, uh, more reading and, mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what the heck the plots or even were. Um, but it, it was very cool. Uh, you, you're in some this sort of underground hellscape version of London. <laughs> and you were not able to escape back into the real world, but you had to sort of figure out your way around London through, you know, uh, robbery or uh, um, high society, or there were different skills that you could get for different uh, parts of London society. Yeah. And, and you just had to figure things out on your own. There was not a lot of direction. Um, <sighs> it. I've watched that one played. 
and it's on my Steam list actually. And I know Sunless Sea has come up with they've got a, they've got a, a couple other games like that, and I believe they actually have done another one in that same field, but more in the Sunless Sea uh, way of playing things. So I think they went back and like updated or like redid reinvented their old game in that case. Uh, and then one I also have played a little bit right here. It's called Airships Conquer the Skies. Ooh, this one's goofy. I love it. I've been, I've been, I actually funded this guy back in when he was, when it was popular to, uh, uh, how we did it, uh, come up, come up with the words to save my life right now. But you pay people to make a game at that point. Um, all right. That using, sorry. No, you're good. Using the, um, GoFundMe. There we are. Derp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I go help, help him with his GoFundMe. So I got, I got the game like way early and it's finally being released. Like he has said, it is done and I'll make updates and continue. But at this point in time, as of like last month, it is, or as of like last week or three, it is done. He is, it is, we're 1.0 now. And uh, it is really fun. Let's see, I actually read some of the flavor text here. Instead of exploring the open seas, why not use your why not make your own steampunk aspirations to the heavens uh, and airships conquer the skies? In it, you're tasked with designing your own custom airships and taking them out in the world to wage war on your enemy vessels. Gameplay is prevented from a side-on point of view, allowing you to see all your ships, modules, and crew to the best to determine your commands, positions, and tactics. And so you can you're basically running your own empire in a kind of um, fast paced civilization style build and you're building your units, which is where everything really comes together. Is there any showing of any of the gameplay? Oh, there's not. So it's like you have cutaways of all your ships so you can see all the stuff going on in there and all the characters and all the players moving around and like putting out fires and reloading guns and do, you know, giving orders and fighting off invaders that have jetpacked, grapple hooked or fallen on top of your airship to keep you safe oh here's some here's actually some footage right here of someone's game i'll steal this from someone's oh it's actually the original so it's good but yeah you get to build it up with pieces and chunks you get to name it you get to add things to it and then you fly around you can control them or have the ai control them and then you and fight an opponent yeah you get to fight opponents and you get to build truly massive things if you so desire to and you have ground units too and little fighters and things it's it's really goofy because it's only, like, when things catch fire, things go down real fast. And uh, like you can have these train reactions. Like if your ammo stores explode, you can like take out your ship and the other ships and proceeding everything else around you, depending on how much ammo you had stored on your ship. And you get to fight some truly bizarre um, things that are either giant tentacle monster yeah giant tentacle monsters count uh crabs uh mad scientists are a thing elder gods are a thing oh yeah flamethrowers they're also a thing too um i don't know it's 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 stupid fun you can play with your friends on it and basically <laughs> every time i am playing this with people we're just sitting there like in, in scenes like this we're just just guffawing and laughing to the point where we can't even control our ships because stupid stuff is just happening and uh yeah it's multiplayer it can be multiplayer so it's you also single player. Your friends in their their ships, so you can gang up with them against yes. a common enemy, yeah, or fight each other, and uh, yeah, so you can control each other. <laughs> yep, the dragon. But uh, it's it's it is full of stupid fun. It's worth like the eight or ten, fifteen dollars. You'll have more fun here than you will going to a movie <laughs> playing this game. <sighs> but uh, okay. Yep. So there's there's my breakdown of all the greats, uh, all the greats of the uh, 
steampunk games at this moment. That's a few a few to pick from. Yep, especially when it's summertime and you want to stay indoors, but you still want to do something steampunk. Here you go. I will also drop it's this. That time, so it's uh, time we should probably be wrapping up. Uh, yep. Before that, I want to uh, give a special shout out to uh, Johnny Steverson, who is uh, the we hope host of the event we've been alluding to on this show. Um, that's happening next year, hopefully in March. Ooh. Uh, he's he's calling it Galveston Steampunk Festival. Nice, great because. I like visiting Galveston anyway. Um, to go to Galveston, but he is—he's still getting together like his vendors and his entertainment, and he doesn't have a date nailed down yet. I don't think we'll—we'll we'll know more as we get closer to it. But right now, okay. he's looking for vendors. If you would be interested in uh, in going to Galveston, excuse me, April of next year at the Galveston Railroad Museum, which I think would be pretty cool. Oh, that's a big museum. Hopefully, it'll be a big event. Yeah, that'd be fun. Let's do it. Get that planned. Oh, he's he's listening now. So he says April first, definitely twenty twenty three. Perfect. So that's pretty cool. We'll put that on our calendars, and we'll 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 scream it to the skies. Uh, of course, I do want to also thank our patreons, our, our patrons on Patreon for uh, helping us uh, host our our podcast and pay the bills. So that's uh, Dowager Duchess Claire Bear, Jenny and Ryan Shaver, Kitty Vincent, who I know is listening. Thank you, Kitty. And Rita and Lawrence Allen, who are also listening right now. You guys are awesome. Uh, you can find us at Texas Steampunk Connection on Facebook if you're not watching right now. Or you can email us at TexasSteampunkConnection at gmail.com. Our podcast to listen to later is uh, Texas Steampunk connection.podbean.com we're on twitter at tx steam connect one and we're on youtube and rumble through steam Ch- the steam chest subscription box that jack manages so thank you jack and our music is from zapsplat.com right and we are a little bit over at this point so thanks everybody for hanging out with us um we will be back in two weeks talking will be with us then Um, Jack do you have anything else uh, we need to add before we go Uh, fly reckless (laughs) and of course mind your gauges mind your gauges and fly reckless have a good night everybody good night